When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 10, and we are recording on Tuesday, October 10th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you? I'm doing well. It was raining a lot today, so I was completely soaked, but I'm very happy considering that the last episode we were complaining about the heat. That is true. In case anyone is avidly following our weather updates in the (laughs) Chicago area, it is no longer unseasonably warm. It is, however, raining buckets. And I got to drive on the on the highway after coming back from a librarian conference today in the pouring rain and to the point where I was barely able to see the to see the lane dividers oh no as i was going down yeah so i I had a headache by the time i got home tonight (sighs) we can't win with the weather we just we really can't yeah i was i mean honestly i'm fine with the rain because i wasn't driving in it i take the train but like when i got home my pants were like i have a rain jacket but it only goes to like mid thigh and my pants like knees down were just completely soaked which is i was just like okay now for me to time to put on some cozy clothes now that i'm home so (laughs) yeah put on your pajama pants maybe throw your sweatpants into the dryer warm them up for a little bit oh my gosh i totally do that i also will sometimes leave like my like i have like warm slipper socks and i'll leave them like over my vents because i have floor vents so um i'll leave them like over my vents so when i get home my feet can be nice and warm that's a pro yeah. tip for you guys <laughs> yeah there's one of the few joy or not one of the few joys in life i'm sorry that <laughs> one of the small joys in life is putting on a pair of toasty socks or toasty pants right out of the dryer i mm, yeah that that uh that does. I don't feel like that gets enough attention in life. Yeah, I know. I mean, maybe this is just because we live in a cold weather or like a place where it does get cold. So we are very much like very attuned to those types of things. So if you live somewhere where it gets cold, these are the things that will make your life just seem a little bit better. Yeah. And maybe don't try it if you live like in Florida. <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe a freezer. Go with the freezer. I'll let someone else try that. <laughs> I'm just thinking about putting out a pair of pants that I had put out of the freezer. I'm like, oh, God. So if someone's brave enough to try it, let us know how freezer pants work. Oh, man, that's definitely going to be the show title. I was just going to say that. Oh, boy. All right. Why don't you why don't you tell us tell any new listeners what the podcast is about? All right. Well, if you are tuning in for the first time, we are like Katie said at the top, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about mysteries and thriller books. Um, We also sometimes talk about TV and movies as well. Uh, We'll cover a whole bunch of different things, including some news that we hear about in publishing, adaptations. Uh, We will talk about different authors that we love, uh, depending on what's happening in the world. Sometimes they'll be themed around some new news we heard or just a theme we wanted to talk about. Um, we've done episodes on like cozy mysteries and things like that. So we do topics as well. So yeah, this is just for 
anything and everything related to mystery thrillers, psychological thrillers, uh, suspense books, sometimes even borderline horror books. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So if you're new to the show, welcome. We're glad you're listening. Um, before we get into the meat of the episode, really quickly, um, wanted to uh, touch on a few quick news items that uh, have come up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, recently, the trailer for season one of Castle Rock has dropped, which is directed uh, directed or produced by J.J. Abrams. It's going to be on Hulu. Uh, if you're a Stephen King fan, you probably recognize Castle Rock as one of the recurring locations in many of his books. This is going to be an anthology type series that links different stories and different places in the Stephen King universe. And so the the first trailer just dropped at New York Comic Con, I think it was. And they also dropped hints for season two, and season one hasn't even come out yet. So if you're really excited for season one and can't wait for season two to come up, they were talking a little about that as well. Um, in publishing news, Don Winslow, who uh, over the last couple of years wrote The Cartel and The Force, which have been really uh, well received in the publishing world. They've, it's gotten, they've gotten really good reviews. He just signed a major two-book deal with HarperCollins. So if you're a fan of both of those books, you've got more to look forward to from Don Winslow. And then a... Um, there's a new mystery that came out at the beginning of the year called The Dime by Kathleen Kent, and she is also the author of a couple of historical fiction novels, The Heretic's Daughter about the Salem Witch Trials and The Outcasts, which I can't remember what time period that, that takes place in. I want to say 1800s. It's on my reading list. I clearly have not read it yet, but she, she is on my reading list. But her book, The Dime, which is a cop, you know, it's a cop mystery police procedural with a female lead who is also a lesbian. Um, and that's gathered a lot of attention from people. Also in Book Riot circles, we've, we've had a lot of our contributors and Book Riot readers really excited about this book. Um, Fox picked up the rights for uh, for adapting her book, The Dime, to television, which is super cool, especially, you know, since there, there really are not a lot of uh, not a, not a lot of lesbian lead roles on TV, so we have a lot of a lot of people who are super excited about um, about this adaptation. So uh, this is probably one that I'll want to read the book first before it comes out. But if you're interested in that, again, the book is called The Dime by Kathleen Kent, and we'll have links to all the different news articles and books and whatnot in our show notes. So you can always check that out if you are looking for more information. All right. So uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off with our first sponsor? All right. Our first sponsor for this episode is Gangster Nation by Todd Goldberg. And this is published by Counterpoint Press. Uh, this book takes place in Chicago when legendary hitman Sal Cupertine disappeared into the guise of Las Vegas Rabbi David Cohen. Um, so this book takes place in September of 2001. Uh, Sal wants out of the whole mob scene. He's almost made enough money to slip away and start fresh. And when his cousin falls into the hands of former FBI agent, he's suddenly trapped in Las Vegas with the law society and the post 9-11 world closing in around him. Uh, so this book has the wit and gritty gritty glamour uh, that defines uh, Todd Goldberg's writing. Um, he talks about the things we value most in our lives and have 
excuse me, have built on the enterprise of criminals. So this book covers a bunch of different things. It talks about a variety of criminals, uh, but especially how gangsters have shaped and changed America throughout the country's history. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else who's listening to this uh, listens to the Literary Disco podcast. That's a bookish podcast uh, that Todd Goldberg actually hosts with Ryder Strong and a young woman, and they are fantastic. And so if you listen to that, you know how crazy and funny uh, Todd Goldberg is. I'm a big fan of it. Um, So he has a very unique style of humor that is going to be apparent in this book. Um, And there's also just this really interesting intersection of spirituality as well as violence and just exploring what life was like post 9-11. So again, that was Gangster Nation by Todd Goldberg, published by Counterpoint Press. And thanks so much to them for sponsoring this episode. Okay, and I am so excited about this episode because if you were listening last time, or not last week, I think the week before, and I got super excited because we did a geek out episode, or I did a geek out over Stephen King. This episode, we are geeking out over Tana French. Woohoo! Oh, I am so excited. The, um, the BBC has, uh, pick, has decided to release a TV series adapting her books for TV. And so it's probably going to be available first over in England before it's a, it's over here in America. But I, and I know you too, Rincey, I am such a ton of French super fan. Yes. I love ton of French. And so I was so excited to hear that this was being adapted. And so we decided to take this opportunity to do a bunch of squealing and Muppet arms about ton of French and hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully you are as much of a fan as we are, and so you can gush along with us. If not, hopefully this will convince you to pick up a, a few of her books, because she's amazing! It's true. Honestly, uh, Tana French is probably the author who I've recommended the most to people, in terms of, like, whenever, like, my friends or, like, family members or anything like that, they're like, hey, what book should I read? And most of them, like, if they enjoy reading, they don't read quite at the level that, you know, most of us do in terms of like volume, like they maybe read like at most four or five books a year. Um, but one of the first ones I always recommend is Tana French books because she's just so, so fantastic. Uh, she just plays with the mystery genre so much, but still fits so perfectly into it. Uh, she creates just great characters, great atmosphere. It's so, so fantastic. So yeah, we're just going to gush about her for like the next at least 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, Tana French. Um, I, I, I love to tell this story because when I, well, I actually did not quote unquote, you know, discover her. My roommate Caroline in college discovered her randomly. She picked up, I think, I don't know, I think she picked up like in the woods or the likeness at a used book sale. Like she had never heard of Tana French. She just picked it up and said, "Oh, this looks interesting. I'll decide. I'm going to read it." And then she passed it along to me, and she said. I really think you need to read this. And I can't remember which one she recommended first, because I know she I know she told me about both of them. I think it was In the Woods, which was Tana French's first novel. And she and she said, I really think you need to read this. And so I, you know, I don't remember how long it took me before I got around to reading it, but I did read it and I went, Oh my God. I holy crap she's written more of these and then and then I picked up the likeness which was the second book in the series and I think I got my uh I think I got Caroline a copy of Faithful Place or Broken Harbor for her birthday with the caveat that she had to let me read it once she was finished with it (laughs) and 
so yeah, I, I really, it, I mean, it was just such a serendipitous discovery on her part. And then that she passed along to me. And then we got our other friend, Heather, the, who uh, got her reading the Tana French book. So we've got, we've got like our little Tana French, you know, super fan group and like everyone in our, in our lives, like our family members, our friends, our coworkers, like I think we've recommended Tana French to, like, everyone. Caroline even ended up recommending, I think, recommending Tana French to my boyfriend, Blaine, because they were, they were friends before he, and, before he and I met. And so we, we're, like, I spread the Tana French love everywhere, at work, at, you know, when I'm recommending books to people, I recommend Tana French all the time. I had a high schooler come in, like, three days ago and asked if we had In the Woods by Tana French. And I just went, oh, and I got all starry eyed. I was like, oh, you're going to have to tell me how you like it. (laughs) Oh, and yeah, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint what it is about her writing. I think it is so, it is so gritty and hyper-realistic. Like, you know, when you read, I feel like when I read, books, especially mysteries that kind of follow certain certain tropes or certain formulas. Like you kind you remember that you're reading fiction. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm reading fiction with Tana French. I don't even feel like I'm reading nonfiction like that someone's writing about. I feel like I'm there. Right. With the the way that she plays the characters off of each other, the like the department politics and relationships and interactions with all of the different police officers and the investigators and the details of the crimes and nothing really ends ever ends up the way you expect it to it's very real life in that aspect like you can't go into a ton of french novel and expect everything that's going to turn out well yeah i think for me a lot of it i'm a very like character focused type of person so if there are good characters i'll read like a poorly written book even though you know it's kind of hard to write poorly but you know what i mean if the plot isn't there i'm okay if the characters are there but i think tana french creates such interesting detectives that you get really attached to which is really surprising because a lot of times with mysteries series uh you are following like one detective you know for an entire series and so like obviously you grow more attached to that character or to the cast of characters um as the series continues which makes sense because you're spending so much time with them something about tana french's books if you haven't read them they all like the main detective in all of them is different although there are a couple of characters who may overlap here and there Uh, the main character that you're following is always different and yet you always am are so drawn to them and are so like invested in their lives and their situations and whatever the mystery is she just creates these characters who again just feel so real it's insane and you want to know what's going to happen to them because a lot of times or not in all of them but a lot of times there are like sort of the own detectives personal stuff sort of wraps around with the mystery as well, which I think helps um, pull the reader in and get the reader attached. Uh, But I feel like a lot of times I just get really excited about like whoever the detective is that we're following. And like sometimes now that the the mystery can almost feel secondary to me. Like I feel like when I think about the ton of French books, what I'm thinking about more is like who is the detective from that series or that story um, and thinking about what happened in their sort of circle in their life and whatnot more than even what the actual mystery is in the book yeah it's there i have 
well, I was, was going to say, I have yet to come across an author who's who really captures what Tana French is able to do. However, I do have a Tana French read-alike at the end of the show that I just finished. Um, but <laughs> anyway, she, yeah, the, the, the characters, like, I, I remember reading a review and they said, you know, as usual, it's like, you can almost count the number of hairs on her character's heads. She is so specific. I mean, not, not to where you're bogged down with unnecessary details, but the way she crafts her characters through... Uh, through gestures and how they interact with people, and it's they're they're also if we did not mention this already they are they're all set in Ireland. They follow the, even though it's different detectives, they're all part of the Dublin Murder Squad, and there you can the the audiobooks first of all for all of them are fabulous but even when you're reading it you get that Irish accent and they just have her characters have this wonderful sharp back and forth dialogue with each other and it just it never feels forced you just if everything feels so natural um and you and Rinsey, you mentioned that you read primarily for character i primarily read for plot and for like tone like you know how how a book feels i mean yeah. i like i like character driven novels but i'm like if nothing's happening i'm it, it's harder it's a harder sell for me and i and i agree that the mysteries can almost feel can almost can almost feel like they're they're you know on the back burner because of, because of the characters but she also does the way she plots her mysteries is so smart and it just everything just kind of slowly comes together and she creates this wonderful ominous mood in all of her books like the like you know something is like you you know that there that there's something that's going to develop there's going to be some kind of realization it's not always a jaw dropping you know plot twist like you'd find in gone girl yeah but it's you know there's always this this feeling of apprehension something is going to happen there's something in it, whether they're going to discover something or they're going to discover a mistake or they're going to find something that's detrimental to the investigation you're always poised waiting for something to happen and she also uh in several of her books she incorporates a little elements of the supernatural yeah which is really interesting because there it's not like they're never really quite explained they're just kind of there and they give her her stories just a little bit of creepiness like you know it's not it's not outright horror and it's not you know fantasy they're just like these little elements that just that just push the story that into a slightly different territory, but 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 because everything else is so realistic, you totally go along with what with whatever it is that she that she's laid out. Yeah, there is like a sense of like eeriness almost to it. And like I think it's the sort of eeriness that feels again very real. Uh like Katie was saying, because she creates such a realistic world, it's very easy to go along with it. But I think that everyone has sort of come across sort of situations where you're just like this seems a little off or something happened where, you know, that situation where it's like you hear a noise somewhere and you're not really quite sure what it is like that sort of like it could be something supernatural. It could be something not. It sort of like toes that line of like feeling very 
realistic as if like ghosts are real or supernatural things are like actually happening in the world like she toes that line very very well and i think the fact that it takes place in ireland also helps with that Um, i was just thinking that yeah it's like something about that atmosphere in ireland that really helps set the stage and makes it a really good place to have a slight supernatural undertone to everything that's happening so i mean it is october and if you're someone who doesn't like horror books normally but you do like things that are slightly spooky or eerie or a little bit off um if you are like me and a big baby and you can't handle like straight up horror tana french might be a really good one because she definitely has that sort of like october halloween atmosphere feeling to her books Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And her in even without the supernatural elements like her her characters, again, because they they are so realistic, her characters are also enormously flawed. Yes. Like enormously. You have characters that you're really attached to and that you really like you root for them. But you also know that they have made some poor decisions. But you also understand those decisions, too. But some of the characters that she that she creates like in and of themselves, they are, you know, they are a little off or they can contribute to that, that kind of creepy feeling. And gosh, I, and I, the more we talk about it, the more I just want to drop everything and start rereading all of the books. I was just thinking that too. I was literally like looking at my bookshelves like, oh man, now I think I'm going to read some ton of French this month. (laughs) So, which one is your favorite book? Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying I'm going to really quickly mention three just because it's hard for me to... I'm My favorite, I would say, if like gun to my head, if I had to choose one, is probably The Likeness. Um, that's probably the most controversial, I think, out of all of her books. I think that's one where people either really love it or really hate it um, in terms of of her style because it's really different but I read them in um like publication order and so when I read the likeness I was sort of like mind blown a little bit it's really hard to talk about these books without like spoiling them but I also just really like Cassie as a character um so I think that's probably my favorite if I had to pick one uh but when I read the trespasser the trespasser was fantastic um it has I, the three that I'm mentioning are all ones with like female main characters or like uh, heavy emphasis on the females. So that's probably another reason why I really like these. Um, but Antoinette is a fantastic character as well. Um, I found just all this stuff happening with her in The Trespasser. There's a lot of um office politics sort of happening because Antoinette is not a very popular detective within the Dublin murder squad. So I think it was just really interesting watching her um, interact with the other detectives and trying to figure out like who's on her side and who's actually helping her. or If someone's helping her, um, are they actually trying to sabotage her or is this actually good information and things like that? And just sort of seeing that and seeing what it's like for a woman in this mostly male um, group of people and also her trying to figure out her own place. But also sometimes you're not completely sure if she's right either, which is just this really great sort of mess with your head sort of situation. Um, And then the third one I will mention very quickly, I really, really love The Secret Place. Um, But again, I think it's because 
it's very different from a typical mystery. It takes place at a boarding school, which I love boarding school books. So that also really helps. Um, but it focuses a lot on a group of girls um, at the boarding school. And just seeing how Tana French deals with teenagers was really, really great for me personally. Like if Tana French ever wanted to write a YA mystery series, I am 1000% there for that because the way she wrote these teenagers was so great. They were so just perfectly teenagers with like a slight hint of like evil added to them, uh, which you could argue probably that teenage girls could already have um, or teenagers in general. Uh, but yeah, they I just love, love, love the way that Tana French writes female characters. Like I'm always really excited whenever I see that um, there's a female main character to her novels. And not that the men are bad by any means but I think just because of the world that we live in a lot of times it's really hard to find complicated or difficult female characters and like they're unapologetically like sort of hard-headed and they're willing to make mistakes and things like that and they're not like completely villainized for it like Tana French does a really great job of exploring just what it's like to be a female in this world and all of the different complications that come with that. And I just love it so, so much. I am so glad you picked those three because if I had to pick my three favorites, they would be the three that you didn't mention. <laughs> we make such a great pair. Oh, I love it. Now, I am prefacing this by saying picking a favorite town of French novel is like I assume it would be like picking a favorite child. I do not have children, but from what people tell me, this is a difficult thing to do most of the time. <laughs> um, but I, I, I love, I, I love the the female driven books for the same reasons that you said, and the likeness. I one of the reasons why I ended up really liking, enjoying the likeness so much is the the basic premise of the likeness is that Cassie Maddox, who's the who's the main detective, she is asked to go. She is asked to go undercover as a former alias because a they've just discovered a body um, that is going by her alias's name and could be Cassie's double, like her twin. They they look identical, and so they are now in a very interesting position in which Cassie can go undercover as this person pretending that she was nearly dead but she was brought back but you know she was saved at the hospital and she can kind of slip into this other person's life and figure out who in this person's life killed her and she this this person lived with a group of four other um they're all graduate or phd candidates at trinity i think and they all live together in this one house, but the the group is so close knit, and the way they that they interact with each other and the roles that they take on in their personalities reminded actually both my friend and I very strongly of our own group of friends in college. You know, we were a very very close knit group of friends. There were five of us in total, and we were like, you know, we could you know kind of second guess what the other person's saying. We we're finishing each other's sentences. We were very very close all through college, and the dynamics reminded us so strongly. Like we actually kind of went through the group and I'd be like, okay, Heather would be this person and Matt would be that person. <laughs> so we were able to s- assign roles to it. Um, so I, I, I have that personal connection with the likeness. But again, if you had if you had to put a gun to my head and force me to choose, I would say my three other, my three favorites would be her three other books, um, In the Woods, her first one, Faithful Place, and then Broken Harbor. Actually, Broken Harbor would probably be my, my number one pick, which I've had to 
<laughs> I've had to explain to other town of French fans because they, they're like, really Broken Harbor? And Broken Harbor to me feels like the most bleak, one of the, mm. one of the most bleak stories. In the woods is pretty bleak. Yeah. Um, but Broken Harbor, the it's a family that appears that uh, a family that has been murdered, except the the wife, the mother has survived. She's in critical condition, but the the husband and the two children were brutally murdered in their house, and so the detectives are trying to figure out what's going on. And there's a there are a lot of issues that come that come into play. There's issues of uh, economic strain. Um, one of the other things that Tana French does so well is incorporating uh, modern uh, issues like um, like economic depressions, and they in Ireland they have these basically like these suburbs, these houses that were built thinking, oh, you know, we're going to have all these these people uh, move in. These houses are huge. They're like McMansions in in America. But then the recession hit, and they kind of go, they've been unoccupied. They're like, you know, they're, they're like the ghosts of pr- broken promises. Like, you're, you know, you're going to be prosperous and live in this place. And they turn into something that's far, you know, that's far darker and far more, hopeless kind of and so this story takes place in one in one of those mostly abandoned neighborhoods so you have issues of financial crisis and economic strain you have issues of possible mental illness strains within a within a family um there's a bunch of stuff going on with the with the with the main detective and his rookie partner and the by the end of the story you're just like it is it is very bleak it's probably also probably one of the most one of her creepiest novels um again if you've been listening you know my reading tastes go towards that end anyway um but it's so skillfully done um and then probably my second favorite would be faithful place where we are introduced to the character of frank Mackey. i if you had talked to me a couple years ago i would have said faithful place was farther down on the list but then i listened to it on audio and the narrator made the character of Frank Mackey come alive in such a way that I, after listening to it, I just went, oh my gosh, I, I, I relate to this book or I, I connect with it in such a different way. Or it's, the character just came alive with this narrator. It was astounding. I had, I'd read the book a couple times previously and I knew the mystery and I knew what happened and it still felt like I was listening to it for the first time. It's, is just so spectacularly done. And that that's that's one that I that I recommend like there and we can and we can also use this as a segue to jump into another discussion of what order to read the books in because you don't I a lot of us believe you do not have to read them in order but if for people who are more character driven um, if they're not as big a fan of the mystery or if they read the if they read in the woods or the likeness and they weren't crazy about it I tell them try faithful place because you get you get the mystery you get you get there's a fair amount or there's i feel like there's more resolution in that one than you get with the other ones and the character of Frank Mackey is so so well done that he, he just he became one of my favorite characters in the in the series um and then in the woods it's the first it's probably the most traditional mystery out of all of them you know the detectives come in there's a murder um 
But then there's also this supernatural element of something that happened in one of the de- detectives' past that seems to be intertwined with what's with what's going on. Um, that one, without giving away too many spoilers, can it leaves more loose ends than some people are comfortable with in a mystery. Yeah. But the the way the rest of the book was, the, it was so well done. The rest of the book was so well done that I was willing to overlook that and just dive into the rest of her books because her writing style and her characters were just were just that amazing. Yeah, I actually kind of like the fact that it wasn't 100% wrapped up neatly in a bow uh, just because it was something different. But I definitely have had friends yell at me for the ending of In the Woods. <laughs> they were like, why did you make me read this book? <laughs> But they liked it and they kept going. So that just tells you how good it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I so I guess to segue into what I what I just mentioned. Um, well, there's also um, Jessica Woodbury, who's another uh, Book Riot contributor. She's another huge ton of French fan. And about a year ago, she did a post about the series in general. She said it's like your perfect fall binge read. And she also talked about her ideal order for reading the books and it involves some of the recurring characters she puts the the in the woods and the likeness at the end those are the ones that people tend to either you either not everyone tends to like those books as much so she kind of like okay we'll put those at the end we'll get you through the first the the rest of them if you like those then you know the other two are good um but what do you like do you recommend people read them out of order or Usually when I'm telling people about Ton of French, I usually just have them start with In the Woods just because for me, like, I think I know what the experience is like reading it in series order. I haven't reread them. Like, I've reread individual books, but I haven't reread them as a series. Um, So I don't know, like, how it feels in a different order. So I always feel a little bit weird. I usually just tell people, like, jump into In the Woods. But I read Jessica Woodbury's Priest. um, when she originally posted it and she actually makes a really good point because like for me one of the reasons why I had a hard time with Broken Harbor is because it's a significantly slower and like it felt I don't it felt less Tana Frenchy <laughs> if that makes sense I it probably doesn't uh but she, yeah that one was probably the one I had the hardest time with in terms of reading it like I still really enjoyed it but it, it's probably at the bottom of my own personal list and so part of me thinks that starting with Broken Harbor is actually a really good idea so just to run through what Jessica's list says um she says to read it as Broken Harbor Faithful Place The Secret Place The Trespasser In the Woods and the Likeness um so one of the reasons why she says that is because she says that Broken Harbor is the most like a typical mystery. Um, so it's really good if you are new to Tana French or and you already like mysteries. So then you'll like feel comfortable with this and then sort of and then Faithful Place and Secret Place um, are slightly slower paced. That's really hard to say. <laughs> um <laughs> because of their flashbacks uh so it starts you off like relatively strong and then like it slows it down a little bit and so like yeah those middle books are a little bit slower so i think that if you start off with those or you put those closer to the top of the list you'll have an easier time with it because i think um the pacing is so different from book to book sometimes people get thrown off a little bit um but yeah i actually kind of like her order i'm thinking like 
in my head now as I'm contemplating rereading Tana French in the month of October. Uh, I'm kind of wanting to read it again in this order that she says just to see what it's like. Yeah, and um, to add on to that, one of the reasons why, uh, one of the reasons that she mentioned, that Jessica mentions in her post for doing the order um, that she does, um, Faithful Place, Secret Place, and The Trespasser all have one of the same recurring characters, um, a detective named Stephen Moran. He has a minor role in Faithful Place, and then, um, which is book number three, and then he doesn't show up again until book number five, but he's the main character in that one. And then The Trespasser, which is book number six, takes is from the perspective of Antoinette, uh, who's, you know, she's the main character, but she's partnered with Stephen Moran again. They were both partnered together in The Secret Place, and then they're partnered together in The Trespasser, except it's from her perspective. So with Jessica's order, you get kind of that Stephen Moran uh, chronology. So it's may so it's a little bit easier, you know, if you're reading Faithful Place and then you read Bro- Broken Harbor where he doesn't show up at all and all of a sudden he comes up in Secret Place, you're like, wait a minute, I feel like I've seen this name before. Where have I seen it before? Yeah. It might it might make that a little bit easier. And then she says, and then she just puts the last two at the end is kind of like a you can read them if you if you want to. Um in this case, I am a series completionist, so I do I if um I do try to get people to read the whole series if they're if they're into it, but understandably, not everyone is as into in the woods and the likeness um, as they are with her with her other books. So that that I I understand, um, and if it's not a thing where you know you have to read the series in order or you have to read the entire series, this you know this order may work just fine, um, but. I mean, pretty much the bottom line is you can't go wrong with reading a ton of French novel, no matter what order yes. uh, you go in. Um, I th- there's just there's so much to to love about her books, and yeah, she's hands down one. She's it's like ton of French Stephen King and Gillian Flynn and J.K. Rowling. They're like my my top authors, like right there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and um. I really want Tana French to come do a book talk in Chicago because I haven't seen her yet. Seriously, why does it seem like she's never in the... I mean, I get that she's like Irish and stuff, but come on. <laughs> My friend got to meet her in Boston and she 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 told her that I recommend all of her books at the library and that I live in Chicago. And so please, Tana French, come to Chicago. Oh, man. Maybe with this podcast, we'll get her attention. There's two <laughs> huge... Sh- I mean, there's more than two because we definitely... but. Do like a little U.S. tour that includes the Midwest or at least Chicago, because <laughs> uh, we we will definitely be there. <sighs> okay, so uh, let's move on to our second sponsor, um, which is Lit Chat. If um, if you were listening to our to our last episode, Lit Chat is a it's a conversation starter kit from book riot and abrams books and there it's a set of um is it shoot is it 50 or 100 it's 100 questions it's 50 cards two two questions on each card and there it's used as kind of like an icebreaker or kind of a, a party discussion thing where you can get people talking about their their books and their memories of books and their experiences with books um because the thought is that if you're a book lover you're probably friends with other book lovers and what do book lovers love to do talk about books um so this you can um you can order this from uh from abrams books i think we should have a link in the 
the show notes um, if you're interested in ordering a copy for your next shindig. You can actually or- get this on Amazon. Amazon. Okay, perfect. Um, and to kind of demonstrate, you know, some of the some of the questions. Um, last episode, we did we did a quick round where we each asked each other one of the questions on the cards, and so we're going to do that again for this show. Woohoo! All right. Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay. All right. The card I picked says, "Do you ever judge a book by its cover?" It's okay. We all do it. Name a book that you read that lived up to its cover. What about the cover made you pick it out? Oh darn. Um, I will say, in general, especially with young adult fiction, there are some awesome covers being designed. That is very like true. S- some really awesome covers. Um, and same with adult books as well. When I put out the new books and we have a special section for new books at our library and I try to put as many face out as I can and the covers are just awesome. Um, let me, oh, that's a, that's a hard one because I mean, I pick up, I pick up books for a variety of, of reasons. I will say I didn't necessarily pick up the book because of its cover, but I did but I did really enjoy the cover and it and I found it just as um you know, I found the the story just as striking as the cover. Um The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's I mean, not mystery or thriller, but holy cow, this book is a must read. It's young adult, it's contemporary fiction, it's a story that's really centered around the Black Lives Matter movement and issues of uh police brutality and racial and racial issues and protesting and you know what it's what it's like to be an African American teenager kind of in the middle of all this. The story you know, it's it's if you haven't heard of it already, the the main character sees her best friend shot by the police, you know, right in front of her. And it's about her trying to come to terms with that, going through the legal process of, you know, basically going to trial, saying what she saw is the is the police officer going to face consequences for his actions, how people perceive these crimes and how p- other people treat her. And the cover is it's just so simple. It's a cart. It's a simplified cartoon image of a girl holding a protest sign that says the hate you give which spells out thug which is um is it from a is it from a tupac yeah it's from a tupac yeah okay um and so that kind of that that becomes one of the central themes of the book um but it's a white cover with just with just the image on it it's striking it's attention getting and so is the book um so if you haven't read it yet it's it's a must read 100 percent Agree with that. Um, okay, so my question for you is: uh, What book do you associate most with your high school and/or college experience? Oh man, so many books. Uh, it's hard to pick one be it with high school because I obviously took English classes. <laughs> so a lot of it for me, I would say one that I specifically remember very well are To Kill a Mockingbird, because I remember reading that uh, the summer before my freshman year of high school. So it's like partially, you know, starting this new part of my life situation. And also because I loved that book. I still love that book. Uh, I say it's my favorite book of all time. So yeah, that's definitely a strong one for me. Uh, But the other one that I always strongly associate with high school is The Canterbury Tales. 
which I read, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. And one, they're incredibly dirty, which was sort of like that first experience of like, oh, we're reading things that are slightly more adult now because we have to be, uh, be slightly more mature when talking about these things, which I mean, you're, you're it's supposed to be like sort of tongue in cheek as well. Um, but the other reason why I really remember it well is because we had to sort of write our own. So we learned like the style of the Canterbury Tales and we had to like come up with these rhyming stories about something. Um, and I just remember having a lot of fun with that project. I think just trying to write things that also rhyme is can be kind of fun sort of like limericks and things like that um so yeah those are definitely two that i associate with high school um and then one from college i would probably say shakespeare even though i did study shakespeare in high school we had to do i think a play a year um in high or in college, I took a Shakespeare class, which was so fantastic because I had a really amazing professor who just was so enthusiastic about Shakespeare. It was really fantastic. And what we would do is we would basically read like a play a week. And then at the end of the week, uh, we would watch some sort of adaptation of it. It would either be like a recording of a live stage performance or it'd be one of the movie adaptations or something along those lines. And it was just so much fun. Um, I always really enjoyed Shakespeare a lot. I think I've always just been lucky to have really good English teachers who explained how to understand Shakespeare and explained sort of what was happening with the old English and like how to interpret it and how to understand it. Um, but also I also had really good experiences of seeing Shakespeare live. And I think obviously Shakespeare is one of those people where if you think you don't like Shakespeare, try to see one of his plays live because I think it makes all the difference. And even then, like you don't, you can't even tell, like obviously you can tell they're speaking in old English, but like the because of the performances, usually you don't even like, realize that what you're listening to anymore you just get so engrossed in the story so yeah those would probably be my picks oh my gosh I could go on for an hour with stories about my Shakespeare professor <laughs> in college he was he was an amazing professor he was oh my gosh he was delightful the only thing wrong with that class was that it was a three-hour class on a Friday afternoon from like one to four. Ooh, that was not my pick but that was the only time that they offered it however yeah, he. I had a really fantastic Shakespeare professor as well. Yeah, we, ours was like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays sort of class. So it was like perfect. Uh, and my complaint, honestly, was that it just the semester wasn't long enough. So you couldn't do all of the plays, obviously. Uh, so you could only like pick and choose. We mostly just skipped a lot of the history ones, which I was OK with. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> those are generally my least favorite ones. Uh, but yeah, it was a great class. All right. Um, and again, that was Lit Chat. You can get that on Amazon. There'll be a link in the show notes if you are interested in getting the card games for yourself. Um, it's really fun to just play these games with people. If you are having a get together or a road trip or traveling with people or going on vacation or anything like that, this will be a fun one to just keep along to play. All right. So uh, how about you give us a few new releases coming out? Yes, there are three, I believe, books that I want to highlight uh, in this episode. The first one comes out on October 10th, or it comes out to, as we're recording this on October 10th. So it's already out by the time you guys are listening to it. It's called Unquiet Spirits, Whiskey, Ghosts, and Murder. This is the second book in the Sherlock Holmes adventure series by Bonnie McBird. Uh, the first book in the series is called Art in the Blood, and obviously it's a Sherlock Holmes-based story. 
in this one. Um, it's taking place in December 1889, and Sherlock Holmes has just finished debunking a ghostly hound. Ghostly is in uh, quotes there in Dartmouth and he's returning to London only to find himself the target of a deadly vendetta. A beautiful client arrives with a tale of ghosts, kidnapping and dynamite on a whiskey estate in Scotland. But his brother Mycroft trumps all with an urgent assignment in the south of France. On the fable of Riviera, Holmes and Watson encounter treachery, explosions, rival French detective Jean Vid. Oh, I'm not going to say that correctly. <laughs> Jean Vidocor. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. French <laughs> is bad. Um, and a terrible discovery. This propels the duo northward to a snowy highlands and there in a quote unquote haunted castle among the copper dinosaurs of a great whiskey distillery. They and their young client face mortal danger and Holmes realizes that all three of the cases have blended into a single deadly conundrum. So I picked this one out because lots of people love Sherlock Holmes. There are a lot of really great uh, Sherlock Holmes adaptations and uh, revivals and whatnot happening out there. So this is another one. If you haven't picked it up yet, this might be of interest to you. Uh, so again, that's Unquiet Spirits by Bonnie McBird. It's out now. And the first book in the series, if you haven't picked it up yet, is called Art in the Blood. So you guys can pick that up now if you are interested. Um, the second book also comes out on October 10th today, so you guys can pick it up right away. It's called Death in St. Petersburg. This is a Lady Emily mystery, and this is the 12th book in the series. I don't know for sure if this this is a series that you can pick up um, on its own or you have to read it in order, but I'm pretty sure you can pick it up without reading the others in the book. But I do like to let people know uh, that this is the 12th in the series in case you are one of those people who likes to read series from the beginning. Um, so in the series, you are following Lady Emily Ashton, who moves in sort of the top circles, exclusive circles of Victoria and London, uh, but behind all of the sort of upper class ballrooms and aristocracy. Uh, there is burglary and betrayals and brutal murders. And so you follow Lady Emily um, through a number of different sort of upper class London areas, um, such as country estates and Mayfair mansions in the series. Um, but this one, um, she is watching Swan Lake, a performance of Swan Lake. And as the crowd is exiting the theater, uh, they're is a body found outside and it's a ballerina who's face down in the snow, blood splattered um, all over her costume as she was the performer um, of the Swan Queen in Swan Lake. And so the crowd is silenced by a single cry that says Nemetsva is dead. Um, so as Lady Emily is among the theater go goers along with her husband, Colin, um, in, they're all in Russia, and it soon becomes clear that Colin isn't the only one with work to do. Uh, when the dead ballerina's aristocratic lover comes begging for justice, Emily must apply her own set of skills uh, to discover who is the murderer of this rising ballerina star. Um, her investigation takes place on a dance takes her on a dance across the stage of Russia um, from the opulence of the Winter Palace to the modest flats of the ex-ballerinas and the locked attics of political radicals. Um, so if you are someone who likes historical fiction mysteries, if you enjoy uh, mysteries that take place in sort of exotic locations, this one takes place in Russia, which is, you know, quite the location. And then also if you are interested in dance or ballet or anything along those lines, this book might be for you. And again, that is Death in St. Petersburg, A Lady Emily Mystery by Tasha Alexander. 
And then the final book I'm going to talk about is the one that I am the most excited about. It is Righteous by Joe Ide. This is the second book in the IQ series. Uh, IQ is a book that we have both talked about quite a number of times on this podcast, either uh, being excited for it or reading it and then reading it and then raving about it. And so this is the uh, sequel that we are both, I believe, looking forward to. Um, This one actually comes out on October 17th. So it comes out the Tuesday after this podcast drops. Um, So in this series, you are following this character named Isaiah. Um, Everyone calls him IQ for short. And one of the things that happened to him is when he was uh, younger, around 10 years ago, his brother was killed by an unknown assailant. And so the search for the killer is sent Isaiah basically into despair, nearly destroyed his life. Um, And then in the first book, you see him sort of recovering from all of that. And he ends up becoming sort of this private detective um, in this case. And so I would say definitely read the first book before going into the second book because it sets up a lot of what happened in IQ's life as well as his relationship with his brother. And this in this book, um, a case takes him and his sidekick Dodson to Vegas, where Chinese gangsters and a terrifying seven foot shark are stalking a DJ and her screwball boyfriend. Um, if Isaiah doesn't find the two first, they'll be murdered. And awaiting the outcome is the love of IQ's life fail and he'll lose her. So in this story, Isaiah is fraught with treachery, menace, and startling twists, and it'll lead him to the mastermind behind his brother's death, Isaiah's own sinister Moriarty. So this book has been getting a lot of comparisons, or this series has been getting a lot of comparisons to Sherlock Holmes. Um, Isaiah has a very Sherlockian sort of demeanor to him, but I just love him so, so much as a character. Um, this is a series that I have been highly recommending to people, and I definitely think more people should be reading. Um, so again, that's Righteous by Joe Ide. The first book in the series is called IQ. Definitely pick both of those up when you can. Yeah, I will second that. I I read IQ recently. I've talked about it on the podcast. It I, I honestly, I remember the feel of the book more than like the, the plot of it. It's just such an entertaining, gritty mystery. Like if Sherlock Holmes was not set in, you know, Victorian London, but instead was set in the modern day, like LA projects. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, I'm really excited, excited for the second book. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about what you've uh, been reading? Yes. Um, I know last episode I was like, I'm kind of in the middle of a bunch of stuff and haven't finished anything. And I finished two books since then. Um, yes, I'm so excited. So one of them, we, I know you mentioned um, on an episode or two ago, um, Since We Fell by Dennis Lehane. Yes. Um, I started listening to it on audio after you, after you mentioned it. Um, and I just finished it, I think, yesterday on audio. And it's a it's really entertaining. You're never yes. quite sure where the story's going. It takes a bunch of turns, and you end up in a place you did not expect from when you first started the book. But if really complex characters, like really complex characters, where you're not entirely sure how to feel about all of them, but it's such it's such an interesting suspense novel. It's I, I don't want to say too much because it, it might give away a bunch of spoilers, but there's a lot of stuff that happens, and the the characters are really interesting. I think the main character, uh, whose name is Rachel, I think 
Dennis Lehane does a great job of making her a really well-rounded, full character with a lot of with a lot of demons and a lot of personal experiences. And I, I just thought it was fantastic and really, really good on audio if you're an audiobook fan. Um, so that was Since We Fell by Dennis Lehane. And then uh, I also finished, um, I had started it previously, and um, this is The Dry by Jane Harper, which everyone had braved about. And I had just, I had started it, but I wasn't able to finish it. So I restarted it again. Holy banana pants. I love this book. Um, this, if I think if you're a ton of French fan and you're looking for something else to kind of satisfy that, that reading need, uh, this would be a really, really good book. Um, the, the characters, it's, it's maybe not as sharp as Tana French's writing or characters are, but that's not a detriment to the book. It's just because Tana French is just like on another level. Um, but it's, it's this really complicated mystery that goes back into the main character's past, and there's a murder of a family on this on this old farmhouse in Australia, and there are so there. It's a small town. Everyone's complicated. Everyone's got secrets. Um, there's modern issues at play. There's a there's a horrible drought going on in the town that really plays on the mystery. Um, it's, there's a few, there's a couple different mysteries that need to be solved. It's ominous, it's gritty, it's dark, it's, I, I, I literally read the last 200 plus pages in a single sitting. I could not bring myself to get up out of the chair, even though I'm like, I gotta go to bed. I'm so tired, but I gotta, but I gotta find out what happens. Um, and I loved it. And best of all, and I can't remember the name of the book, but I know the second book in the series is coming out early next year. So I'm putting that on my to read list immediately. Um, and again, that is The Drive by Jane Harper. And then really quickly, I just started listening on in audio to another book that we talked about on the last episode or so, A Study in Scarlet Women by Sherry Thomas, since we're on the on Sherlock Holmes kick right now. Uh, so far, it's very entertaining on audio. Um, I'm not, I mean, I've, I've read a, a, some classic Sherlock Holmes. I've read, you know, a couple of the adaptations or books featuring Sherlock Holmes like... Um, the Mary Russell series. Um, but I'm not really a Holmes, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a huge Holmes fan per se. Um, so I'm kind of coming into this as a little bit as a, as a Holmes newbie, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, and I know a lot of other book writers just love this book. And I know the second book, um, just came out a few weeks ago. So that's A Study in Scarlet Women by Sherry Thomas. And then a quick shout out. It's not mystery or thriller. Um, it's more horror and creepy history and folklore. Um, but if that's up your alley, you definitely want to pick up Monstrous Creatures by Aaron Menke, who is the host of the podcast Lore, which um, I last or earlier in the year, I did a reading list for if you're a fan of the Lore podcast or if you're a fan of creepy history and folklore and stories that are passed down through generations. Um, I'm, I did a reading list for that, and I, I can put a, a link to that in the show notes. But his first book was just published today. I just got it in the mail today when I came home from my library conference. It was sitting on the table, and I am so excited to start reading it. So, uh, my, so that's my last book, and that is Monstrous Creatures by Aaron Mankey. All right. Uh, so since the last time we talked, I finished reading American Fire by Monica Hess. Oh, man, that book was so 
good. Uh, we've talked about it before here on the podcast. Katie has read yeah. it and talked about it. So interesting. So fascinating. So this is a true crime nonfiction book. Monica is a journalist and she covers this small town in Virginia where just there were... I think in the end, there were like over 60 fires that happened, arsons that happened in this small town. Uh, Someone was going around and setting like abandoned buildings around this town um, on fire. And so you find out pretty early on like who exactly is doing it. But she just does a really great job of looking at the story from the firefighters and detectives point of view and them trying to figure out what the heck is going on and also looking at it from the arsonist's point of view and seeing sort of why they're doing this and what led to this point and then also just looking at the small town in general and focusing on what has happened to a lot of small towns in the United States um, as you know the economy is changing and focus and focus on different jobs or is causing people to leave a lot of small towns. Um, you sort of see like how there are these sort of side effects that people normally wouldn't expect or wouldn't be able to predict happen. Um, and yeah, it was just completely, completely fascinating. I loved it so much. Even if you're someone who doesn't typically read uh, nonfiction or true crime books, I would still recommend picking this book up because it's so, so readable and is written almost like a novel in the sense of like she does a really great job of having this really compelling story and really compelling uh, cast of characters to follow along and you have no idea like how it's going to end at all or at least I didn't and I just kept wanting to read it to see how it was all going to turn out. Uh, So yeah, that's American Fire by Monica Hess. And then uh, I'm currently in the middle of Wife of Gods by Quay Quarte, which I mentioned in the last episode as well. I'm only about like 30% of the way through the book right now, but it's really, really good. It's uh, basically a straight up mystery detective story that takes place in Ghana, which is really fantastic. So if you are looking for a mystery set in a different location than the United States or England or sort of like European countries, uh, this would be a really good one to uh, pick up. Basically, there is this woman who works for like local doctors and things like that, local health organizations uh, in Ghana, and her body is found sort of on the ground somewhere. No one really knows what happens, and they end up sort of calling this detective from the capital of Ghana to go into this small town to figure out what's going on. So I'm, again, just sort of at the beginning of the story, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, Really interesting characters and just a really solid mystery. And then I do have an arc of Righteous by Joe Ide, which I'm so 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 excited about which i can't say that enough um but yeah i do have that so i'm pretty sure that's going to be the next one that i pick up after this because i don't think i can wait much longer the fact that i've waited this long is kind of a miracle but i kind i do i am the type of person where i like to read uh books when they're closer to the release date just so that i can like talk about it with other people and things like that so yeah i have righteous by joe e day which will be read very soon all right Okay, Um, so that's our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, If you would like to check out the show notes so you can get links to any of the articles that we've talked about, we'll have links to um, the articles that we for the news items we talked about at the top of the show, as well as to like the ton of French uh, book riot posts that we mentioned. All of that will be over at bookriot.com slash listen. You can check out the writer debt uh, section and then go to this episode and there'll be links to all of the 
news articles as well as all of the books that we mentioned in this show. If you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that way other people can discover us, especially if they are mystery and thriller fans as well. Um, if you would like to talk to us about our episode, you can find us on Twitter. I am at A. And I am at KT underscore library lady. All right. And then we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. See ya.